don't let me leave unchanged. You know, like God can turn me inside out, upside down, backward, forward, turn around. You know, take this heart here now. You know, bend me, break me, pour me out. I want the world to see the Lord in me. I want to be transformed. I want to be transformed in my life. Now, we're wrapping up this series more, and my hope is that you realize God is more. God's more. He will lead you to more in your life. In almost every area of your life, that's just a fact. The more you pursue God, the more life makes sense. You know, the more you pursue and run after God, the, the more satisfaction and fulfillment you'll experience in your life. You know, if you want to possess things like, like peace and joy and hope and purpose, you need more God. More God leads to, and I've said this every week, the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised us. Promised all of his followers. See, more leads to more, far more, far more. Today I want to talk about change. I want to talk about being transformed in your life. Every week, my my hope and prayer is that nobody leaves here unchanged. That somehow through the music or the message, a prayer, maybe, maybe it's a conversation out in the commons or where you're sitting this morning, but that God speaks to you. And each and every one of us, we're, we're changed in some way for the better. Now, just curious, does anybody, anybody need to change something in your life? <laughs> Lots of elbowing going on. <laughs> I mean, maybe you want to be more patient with your spouse or with your kids. You know, maybe you're tired of living with a lot of anxiety and worry. You know, maybe you wish you could overcome a temptation or an addiction or something. You know you need to change. In fact, I believe most people want to change. But the fact is, if we were to go around, some of you go, I'm just tired. And you have decided that you can't change. And I want to tell you today, that's a lie. That's a lie. You can change. It is possible. Change is possible with God. Today's message, I I believe, has the potential to be life-altering, transforming for some of you. I mean, this could be the day that you hear from God and you move in a new direction in your life So if there's something you need to change, you might want to listen up this morning. And in this series, we've looked at uh, several of the names for God, and there are a lot of different ones that are found in Scripture. Today, we're going to talk about Jehovah M. Kaddish, which means the God who sanctifies. Now, the word to sanctify means to purify or to change. And if you want to change, God's very clear you need God. You need him in that process. Pursuing God brings change. In other words, more God 
there's more change in your life. Some of you today are kind of checking things out. You're trying to figure out where God fits in your life. And the fact is, you're, you're, you're kind of working through that process. And then some of you have been in a personal growing relationship for decades. So those are the two poles, all right? It doesn't matter where you're at in those poles. I want to tell you God wants to change you. If you're a Christian, the fact is God is working. He's been working. God's trying to change you. He is not done yet. And if you're not yet a Christian, what you need to hear is you do not have to change. You do not have to get your act together before you become a Christian. A lot of people think they're just not good enough to be a Christian. Well, I want to tell you, none of us are good enough to be a Christian. The fact is, we owe that to Jesus Christ. You come to God the way you are. You come to God just as you are in your life. The Apostle Paul, he writes this, he says, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become what? New. Everything's become new. Change begins. The, the old is, is put off. You know, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, that day that you took that step... You were given new life. You were given a new beginning. It started the process of being sanctified, being purified, being changed in your life. And I love the Apostle Paul, he uh, kind of explains the process in Philippians, the third chapter. He says, I don't mean to say that I'm perfect. I haven't learned all that I should even yet. But I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not have it all together. And I find it really comforting when I read that scripture because I realize Paul didn't have it all together either. And so here's kind of the big idea that I want us to kind of frame everything with this morning. We have new life in Jesus Christ. If you've given your life to Christ, you have new life. None of us has arrived. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I have not arrived. That was fun, wasn't it? (laughs) God is working and wants to change every single one of us. Well, how's God want to change us? Well, all kinds of ways. For instance, God may want to take your discontentment in life and change it into joy. God may want to take that tendency that you have to stretch the truth or to lie and make you a person of honesty. God may want to take that quick temper and give you patience in your life. And God does not want to just tweak a little bit in your life. God wants to do more. God wants to transform you. God wants to transform your your character. And I know as some of you hear that, you go, well, okay, that's fine and good, but Damon, you have no idea what issues I've got in my life. And here's the deal. I do not know what issues you have. 
but I know that God wants to do more in your life. I know what God has done in my life. I know what God has done in other people's lives, and I know that change is possible. I haven't arrived. I'm definitely not perfect. You knew that, right? But God's changed me over the years. I mean, even in those areas where I kind of dug in and I, I used to say, it's just the way I am. God did not accept that. In fact, God didn't back off. God just kept working and working. And over time, God changed those things in me. I mean, how does God change us? I mean, what's the process? Well, there's kind of two thoughts on this. One is God does all the changing. God does everything. And so what we can do is we can kind of kick back and and God, God works. And the problem with that thought that people have is that it's all God's fault if you don't change. And I'm not accountable for it. The opposite end... People have this idea that God saves us, and then it's all up to us to change. You know, that I have to do all the work to change. If I'm going to change my behavior and my character, I have to work, 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 work. And this comes with a lot of failure, and it's exhausting, and it wears you out. And usually, the change that I make on my own, it's kind of short-lived. And it creates a lot of stress in my life. And it comes with a pile of guilt. And I will tell you, those two thoughts are not biblical. The Bible teaches that the changing process that God uses, that there's God's part and our part. God's part is that he gives us strength and power through the Holy Spirit. Our part is cooperation. See, when we cooperate with the process, God's power through the Holy Spirit begins to work in us, and we're able to change. So we have to cooperate with the process. That's what I want you to really get. How do we cooperate? Well, part of it is you have to realize that you're on a spiritual journey. Have you figured that out? You're on a spiritual journey. Your, your faith is not an event in life. Changing process takes place over a lifetime, you know. It's going backwards and forward. And if you turn around and you keep having to rework it, it's a journey that you're on. I love what Paul writes in uh, Philippians 1, 6. He says, God's the one who began this good work in you. And I am certain that he will not stop before it is completed on the day that Christ Jesus returns. God began the good work. That's salvation. That's the day you gave your life to Christ. God began working. And when you gave your life to him, it was instantaneous that he began working. But God will not stop. He will not bring it to completion until you take your last breath on this planet. How many of you have ever been on a road trip with children? (laughs) That says it all, doesn't it? (laughs) You, You know how this goes. It usually starts out and everybody's excited. And they're packing and they're loading the car. 
and then you get in the car and you don't get very far and then what do the kids want to know? Oh, wow, we're good. Are we there yet? Then the fighting starts. I raised two girls, I know. She's got her feet on my side. She's looking at me, you know. We, we pull in to get gas or take a pit stop. One of the girls would be like, Dad, could we just leave her here? Could we just leave her here? Seriously. I mean, it, it, it was, it, it's funny now. I look back on it. It was not so funny then. I, in fact, it, when, when all this would be breaking out in the car, I would hear my mom's voice. And my mom goes, I hope you have kids that act just like you. you know. <laughs> my girls acted just like my brother and I did. Yeah, I, I always sat behind my dad. I figured this out real quick. I sat behind my dad because my dad couldn't reach me back there. Yeah, and he'd, he'd be driving and, and he'd be like, don't make me pull this car over. Don't, don't do it. Now, I'm, I don't remember him pulling over, but we thought he might pull over. So, yeah. Are we there yet? It's a question. And it's a sign of immaturity. It's why some people walk away from the church, away from God. You may have had friends that walked away because got tired of waiting. You know, they had a problem. They had an issue. They had something that needed changing. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And because it didn't change fast enough, they were kind of like, God, what's up with this? Why aren't, why aren't you changing this? And so they just checked out. Some of you may have checked out for a season because of that. Are we there yet? I mean, part of the reason I believe we have so many problems today is we live in this instant gratification society. We want easy, and we want it now. You know, let me ask you, how many of you when you go up to an elevator and you push the button and the elevator doesn't come immediately, do this. Yeah, you get like, like it's going to make the elevator get there quicker, you know? I mean, we're, we're so impatient. We want change and we want it now. And one of the things we fail to understand is God's economy of time. That change is a process. God is not in a hurry to change us. Do you know that? God wants lasting change, real change that's embedded in us. God knows his part. He's got it covered. And the question is, are we going to cooperate with it? Or are we just going to go, are we there yet? I mean, are we there yet? Have you arrived? Are you there yet? No, you're not. You haven't arrived. God is not finished with you yet. You just need to keep cooperating. I've been a Christian 45 years now. I have not arrived. God's still working in me. That, that roadmap to change, lifelong. It's lifelong. And it's got a lot of turns. Sometimes I'm going forward. Sometimes I'm going backward. Sometimes I lose my way and I got to turn around. But it's a, it's a journey. It's a journey. Second thing, if you're going to cooperate with God, you got to keep your sights on the desired destination, the end goal. 
You know, the song says inside out, upside down. We get stuff backwards all the time. We, we tend to focus on the here and now, don't we? We forget the destination. You know, years ago, Cindy and I, we were uh, traveling. We were in Israel and we were traveling to Egypt. And uh, it's a long bus ride, really long bus ride. There's nowhere to stop, really. I mean, you're out in the desert. And so at the border, we had to change buses, and we're going through the Suez Canal. It was very laborious. I'll just say it was extremely dirty. And it was a little bit scary. I mean, they had mounted guns all over. I had never seen anything like it. Then we got traveling again, and the bus road was rough. I mean, that ride just, just about beat us to death. It was isolated, and it was not scenic. It was just lots of sand. But we'd seen pictures of Cairo. We had seen pictures of the hotel we were going to stay in. Probably one of the nicest hotels I've ever stayed in in my life. Our anticipation kept us looking, looking ahead. It kept us moving forward and going, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Friends, if you're a Christian, final destination, it's heaven. It's, it's eternity with God, with Jesus Christ. And everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. Book of Leviticus, God says this, be my holy people. Be holy because I am, the, I am the Lord your God. Remember and obey my laws. I am the Lord. That little phrase right there, that's the Jehovah M. Kaddish. I'm the God that sanctifies and I have made you holy. People hear that word holy today and they get uncomfortable. In fact, most of you are thinking right now, you go, eh, I don't think that's possible. What if I mess up? Well, newsflash, you will mess up. That's part of the process. In fact, if you're like me, you'll mess up a lot. But God is working in all that mess up God is working and he's changing us from the inside out. We, we tend to get this all inside out and upside down. You know, we tend to look at what we look like. You know, what's on the outside, what people see. We worry about that. God is investing and working on the inside. He's working on the part that's going to last forever. God's in the process of transforming your character. God is working, and through Jesus Christ, he makes us holy. You know, Paul, Paul says this, 2 Corinthians, he says, all of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces. And that same glory coming from the Lord, who is the Spirit, transforms us into his likeness in an ever greater degree of glory. 
See, I believe it's really easy to get everything upside down and inside out and to get all confused about what it is we're trying to accomplish and what God wants to do with us in our faith. I mean, we, the fact is, we do not, hear this, we do not look to become more religious. We want to become more like Jesus Christ. But we get confused, don't we? I mean, biblical knowledge and transformation are two very, very different things. You know, when I first became a Christian, I, I will be honest, I was very impressed with people and what they did. If they could quote scripture after scripture, if they knew a lot of biblical terminology, if they had extensive knowledge about church history and theology, I was impressed with them. I equated knowledge with spiritual depth. Then I got in ministry. And I met too many people that had their craniums full of information and they could quote all kinds of scripture, they knew scripture, but they rarely allowed it to influence their decisions and how they lived their lives. See, they knew the information, but they didn't allow it to transform them. They knew God's word, but they just analyzed it. Well, I'm not doing that. That seems really extreme to me. I don't think God really meant that. Now, I want you to please understand me here. I believe biblical knowledge is important. I believe doctrinal awareness is important. A a theological understanding. It's vital. So we're able to understand what we believe and why we believe it. All right? It allows us to stand firm in a culture that's ever-changing. Do you notice that? The culture's always, oh, new, new idea. Nope, new way. Friends, knowledge must be accompanied with cooperation and submission. See, it's not just knowing God's word, but it's fully cooperating and complying with the Holy Spirit in our lives. You want a picture of a changed life. You do not look to the person that can answer all the biblical questions. You don't look to the person that's at every church event. You look to the person that has humbly centered their life and their marriage and their parenting and their schedule and their finances and their entire life around God's way. That's who you look to. That kind of picture, though, takes years and years to develop. Are we there yet? You can make those kind of changes when you realize what the ultimate destination is, that it's eternity in heaven. Here's the other thing. You need to ask God to help you to help you with the roadblocks, to help you with the detours, to help you with the the wrong turns, the failures that you make. You know, those things that slow down movement. In fact, some of you are at a standstill in your life right now, spiritually. 
you're not experiencing any change. And it's because you've slammed on the brakes in your life. Instead of turning to God and saying, you know what, God, bend me, break me, work in me, make changes in me. Instead of complying, we just kind of look at the challenge that we have, whatever it is, and we don't do anything. And I want to tell you the challenges in life that you face. Those are opportunities to be transformed. Those are opportunities where you really can change. You know, sometimes you, you see a problem in your life. And you know what to do and you can take action with it, right? Like if a tarantula were to drop out of the ceiling right now. Some of you are like, oh, what, what? Yeah. But it land on your shoulder. What happens? I mean, you see it, you identify it, and you immediately freak out. And then you do this. You know, do a little dance or something. Swat, scream, whatever. Now, that tarantula might scurry away. Or it might show its fangs and come back at you, right? Now, I've lost some of you because now all you can think about are there spiders in the church, right? But here's the deal. Some of you have a problem. And the problem keeps coming back. And you're going, but I dealt with it. I took a seminar, I I read this book, I saw a counselor. I mean, some of you have worked really, really hard at trying to overcome whatever that problem is. And some of you haven't worked very hard. Some of you are like, eh, I'm good on this one. And then the problem returns. And you wonder why it keeps coming back. Well, friends, I'll tell you, you need something more. You need God to help you in this. Paul says, dear friends, we have these promises from God, so we should make ourselves pure, free from anything that makes our bodies or our souls unclean. Our respect for God should make us try to be completely holy in the way we live. Free from anything that makes our bodies or our souls unclean. Anything. What's that mean? Everything. Everything. Everything that keeps you from being who God created you to be. Everything that keeps you away from God, those those things that, that keep you from pursuing God. Everything that contaminates you, that stunts your spiritual growth, I mean, you name it, pride, lust, anger, an addiction, an affair, selfishness. You could just keep going and going and going. Friends, continue to ask God to give you the power to get through that. What, what's keeping you from moving toward God? What is it? Let me ask you this. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get past the roadblock? I want you to think about that for a minute, that problem that you got. Do you really want to get past it? I know people go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Because you know what? 
you may miss the thrill of unloading your anger on someone. You may miss the the rush of lust. You may miss that ego boost that you get when you make that purchase that you really can't afford. Paul, Paul says, so get rid of your old self, which made you live as you used to, the old self that was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. When I, when I talk to people, I know it's getting serious when people, they'll, they'll come up and they'll say, this is killing me. I, I, I know it's an issue. I, I just can't get past it. I'm, I'm struggling. I've tried and tried and tried and I keep failing. And I know at that point, when they're using that kind of language, that the problem's kind of taken root. The fact is, it's become so enmeshed in, in them that they, they have a hard time being able to break away. Friends, you need God in those moments. You need supernatural intervention to help you overcome, to give you strength. See, you need more than what you're doing right now. And unless you're willing to humble yourself and just admit, I can't do this on my own. I need help, God. You know, bend me, break me, pour me out, do whatever you need to do. Just help me with this process. You're not going to make it unless you ask God into it. In fact, some of you, you keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to keep struggling. And I know some of you go, yeah, I can handle this, I can handle this. Really? Really? Well, if you could, you would have. That's the bottom line. Don't fool yourself. Don't be deceived here. I love what the the proverb says. It says, you will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show you mercy. And I, and I just wonder today, do you have a problem in your life? Do you have an area in your life where you need God's mercy? You want God's mercy? You want God's help? Then humble yourself before God and say, God, I need your help. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. We also need to learn to refuel in our lives. Peter writes this in 2 Peter 1.3, says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Friends, fuel is available for your life. But you got to stop and you got to fill up. You got to fill up on a regular basis. There's a, a area down in Florida. It's about 80 miles of tollway. It's called uh, Alligator Alley. It cuts through the the Everglades. And when you drive that road, there's fences on both sides of the road. Big tall fences. It's to keep the wildlife out because that was causing a lot of wrecks and stuff. It is an isolated section of road. And there are lots of signs today that says refuel. You know, make sure you got fuel before you get on the tollway and all that. That, that wasn't always the case. But now you got all these signs. Because there's, there's nowhere to get off and get fuel except there's one, a reservation partway through it. 
Cindy and I were on that road just a few weeks ago uh, when we were on vacation, and we got talking about the first time we got on that road, because we've been on that road many, many times. And at that time, our girls were like elementary age, and we, we had uh, stopped for a piss up and uh, didn't realize that uh, we weren't going to have uh, fuel, so I'm like, I'll get fuel at the next station. Well, as soon as we got on the tollway, the girls are like, i got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, there aren't any bathrooms. And then they're begging. I've really, 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 Dad, I've really got to go. And then pretty soon I thought they were going to die. Um, and finally, I'm like, girls, there are no bathrooms. And so I pulled over at the side of the road. I know. I, what are you going to do? And uh, they would not get out of the car. There's alligators out there. We're not getting out there. They can't make us. I thought you were going to die. Nope, nope. We'll be. We'll, well, here's the deal. Nobody was talking to anybody in this car. Where everybody was mad at this point. And so I'm driving. Then I look down and I realize I'm close to E. All right. And so now I'm really stressed out. And I'm thinking Cindy's going to kill me. And, and let's just say that is not living. Okay. We never, ever, ever got on that road again without refueling first. Never happened. Now, here's the sad truth. There are people that are plowing down the highway in their lives, and they don't refuel. They don't take time with God. And I want to tell you, you need to refuel every single day. Once a week is not good enough. In fact, for some of you, once a month, you think you can make You're not going to make it. You've got to refuel on a daily basis. And hopefully today you're getting some fuel for your life. But you need more. You've got to top it off each morning. You know, spend a little bit of time in the Bible or with a devotion. You know, spend a little bit of time praying and talking to God about what's going on in your life or what your day is going to be like and asking God to help you. I was talking to a guy a while, while back, and uh, he, he came up and he goes, I, I, I just can't make it, you know. I just can't get, get it together. I'm, I'm struggling. I need more strength to get through this. And so he kept saying he wanted God, God's help. And I said, well, you need to spend more time with God. He'll give you strength to get through this. this you can, you'll be able to do it. He says, yeah, yeah, I know. I know I need to do that, but, but I don't have time for that. I said, okay, you still, you've got to spend time with God. If you're going to make it through this, you need God's help. God can give you what you need. You, you need to spend time with God. And he, and he again, he goes, I, I, I understand that, but I need something else instead. I said, don't have anything for you. You know, and we kept coming back. I said, you need God. You need to spend time with God every day. You can't get through this. Friends, he was unwilling. He wasn't going to spend time with God because it was going to take time. Friends, God would have given him, and maybe he has taken that step now, I don't know. But God would give him the strength to get through what he was trying to get through. He needed more fuel in his life. It was, it was evident. More God, more power in life. You may be busy. 
you may be overwhelmed in your life. Some of you are struggling, you know, the, looking for peace and you're looking for joy. And I will tell you, until you make God a priority, it's not going to slow down and you're not going to find what it is that you want so badly. Things will not get better until you center your life with God. God wants to change those things that you're struggling with, those things that are stressing you out, that are sapping your energies, that are stealing your joy and your peace and your life. God, God wants to help you with that. One more thing. You need to learn to celebrate the progress in your life. If you're, you're a Christian, God has worked in your life, whether you think so or not. You know, some of you just need to hit the pause button today and just look back on your life and how you've changed and how God has worked and reflect on how, how God has accomplished that in your life and just go, yeah, I changed. I've changed here. really have. What will happen is it will strengthen your faith and it will remind you you can count on God. Whatever you're going through, you can count on God. You need to remember like the the psalmist. Psalmist says, Oh Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. I've tried to recite all your wonderful deeds. I would never come to the end of them. And friends, when I look back, I just, it's one thing after another, after another, and I realize God, God has been working, God has been working. Some of you need to do that today. Some of you need to be reminded that God's working. When you make mistakes, you know, when the guilt's overwhelming, you need to know that God is working and that God, when you make those mistakes, and maybe you've made them once, maybe you've made them 10,000 times, you need to know that when you do, that God's waiting with his mercy and his grace and with forgiveness. And here's, this is really key. You get up and you move on. And you allow that experience to change you and motivate you and go, not going to do that again. And when you do it again, I'm not doing it really. Uh, God, give me the power. I'm going to, and God will work. God will work. Some of you are standing still today in your spiritual walk because you hit some roadblock, you hit some problem, you've hit some obstacle, and basically what you've done, instead of taking the challenge on, you pulled over and you quit. And I would encourage you, whatever that thing is that keeps getting in the way, to just pray and say, you know what, God, help me with this. Help me with this. Keep working. Keep cooperating with God. Allow God to change you. And here's what I guarantee you. That, that thing you don't think you can get past, if you cooperate with God, and fully surrender, I will tell you change is coming. Maybe not today, but change is coming your way. And some of you, 
you haven't even started the journey yet. And you need to start that relationship with Jesus Christ. When? Now. Today. Make today the day. How how do you do it? You move toward God. And you say, I want Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe that He can make my life better. I believe He died for me. And you just, you can do it where, where you're sitting and just say, I'm taking that step. And friends, that... That will change everything in your life. See, more God leads to more in life. And I'm, I'll close with this promise. Ezekiel 36, 26. This is, this is a promise from God. I will give you a new heart and a new mind. And I will take away your stubborn heart of stone and give you an obedient heart. That's God's desire for us. I'm going to close us with prayer. Um, just ask you to stand, stand up where you're at. Prayer teams will be down front. They'll be glad to pray with you. You know, maybe you had something break out this week and you need prayer. Maybe, maybe I was speaking to you today and you need to come and give your life to Christ. You can just say, hey. I want Christ as my Savior. And they'll pray with you. Maybe you got that problem, that thing that you just can't get past. Let, let them pray with you for that. You don't have to tell them what it is. You don't have to come up and dump the whole history out. Uh, just say, I need prayer. I got, I got some obstacles in my way. That's a good way to put it. Obstacles, they don't know what it is, but God does. So let, let's, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we uh, we praise you. We praise you for your power. We praise you for your patience. God, we stand before you. We say, change us. Change us, Lord. Don't let us leave this place unchanged. God, I know there's some that, um, there's some obstacle, some thing they've been trying to change, fix, get away from. God, I pray that, uh, they just reach out to you and say, help me with this. God, I pray today that uh, you just whisper in their ear that victory's down the road. And God, if there's someone here today that uh, hasn't taken that step to make you Lord and Savior of their life, God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just say, today's the day they wouldn't resist. God, we praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the future that you have for us. God, continue to work in us.
until we take our last breath or until you return. And all God's people said, Amen. You're dismissed. Teams will be down front to pray with you.